Hey, what is up? It's Dallas, the voice of the podcast. Uh, I want to welcome you back to another episode, day 13 of this uh, of the 30-day challenge and the Social Skills for Dummies podcast. Um, it's day 13 of the 30-day challenge where I kind of implement all the habits that I know that have unlocked my extroversion uh, and detail them in the podcast um, so that you can do these habits too and unlock your natural extroversion without having to learn social skills or any crazy stuff like that because I believe we're all extroverted naturally and so this is dirt 18 of that challenge I want to you know first go over some of the things that I've been experiencing some of the things that I've gone through and then I want to talk about also you know maybe before I even go over some of the things that I've experienced and some of the habits that I'm implementing and some of the effects that they've had at the 30 end of the 30-day challenge I'm going to tell you the seven habits that I found that brings you the most social savvy, the most extroversion, you know, um, because I believe your social skills, all this anxiety, all this trauma, all these things blocking you um, is just a result of sickness. And these seven habits cure the sickness and make you extroverted, essentially. And so you'll be able to download those seven habits at www.socialskillsfordummies.com slash seven habits on March 14th. I might open up a waiting list or something in advance that you can actually partake in um, because I'm getting a little impatient myself. But www.socialskillsfordummies.com slash seven habits on March 14th. Uh, Keep listening to the podcast. I'll let you know if you can get it early or anything like that. Um, But yeah, man, I've been doing a couple of things, man. It's been crazy. Uh, I just bought some, you know, recently just this week, you know, I went through a period where like kind of like the power went out. You know, for me, for a few, like a week and a half or two weeks, like the lights literally went out. Maybe not two weeks because I've been documented on this podcast. It's been only 13 days, but it was a period of like five days or something like that where I just completely felt, you know, I felt tired. I was having stomach issues, um, you know, all sorts of crazy things. And uh, I was trying everything to kind of solve it. I got a handle on it now, but I, I kind of want to give an overview of that situation. And so... Man, I work in a casino, okay? And working in the casino has taught me a lot about myself. Like, it's a huge psychological experiment. What you see in a casino essentially is there are a bunch of casino games and there are a bunch of gamblers. Um, and in casino games, there are regular bets, you know, um, base bets, they call them, uh, that you can pay, that pay you one-to-one. So if you put $50 up, you get $50 back. Um, and then there are bonus bets that you don't have to necessarily play, but you can play for extra money. The odds are just a lot more slim. And so let's say like a game called black, like blackjack, you know, um, you got the regular blackjack, you put money to play. And if your cards beat the dealer, you win. Um, and then you got the bonus bet, which is like the buster bet. Like if the dealer busts, which means they go over 21, they draw too many numbers and they lose by default you get paid on that bet also um or like they might have like a blackjack bet like if you get a blackjack you get paid one and a half or something like that in different casinos they're base bets regular bets then bonus bets um what you oftentimes see in a casino is that many people they love to bet the bonus bets they prioritize the bonus bets and the jackpots over anything else and so let's say like a game like baccarat the base bets the regular bets in baccarat that pay one to one um they're called you know there's two sides you can bet on is player or banker those are the regular bets you don't really need to know the details of them if you don't know what a baccarat table looks like 
you're probably not going to get it anyway. But those are the regular bets. Then they have the bonus bets, the panda that pays 25 to 1. So if you put $25 on the panda and you win, the panda hits, um, it pays 25 times that. So 25 times 25 is 625. Uh, then they have the dragon bet that pays 40 to 1. So 25 on the dragon bet is what, $1,000? Uh, cause 25 times 40 is a thousand, you know, I only know this cause I'm a banker. I see it every day. Um, what you'll oftentimes see in the casino is that a lot of people, yeah, they play the regular bets, but most people, they load up crazy on the bonus bets. They load up crazy on the jackpot. They pray and they wish over and over and over again for the jackpot. Um, but things like the bonus bets and the jackpot only come once in every blue moon. Um, and I remember watching, you know, casino players bet this way at the beginning of uh, my start at the casino as a worker. And at first it was just a gut feeling about it. Like something about this is, is telling me something. Something about this is a metaphor for life. Because I watched people bet everything on those, you know, those bonus bets and bet so small on the regular bets. Where it's basically a 50-50 chance. And then like when it's like a 1 to a 1,000 or 10,000, whatever the odds are, chance they bet so much on the bonus bets. And I watched him lose over and over and over again and get upset about it and throw tantrums about it. And, and you know, they would, they would, they would lose and they would lose allegedly very, very, very large sums. You know, I, I've watched somebody lose up to $40,000 just betting bonus bets crazily. I've seen that not just once, but many times, 40,000, 30,000, 20,000, uh, in a period of an hour or two hours. You know, I've seen insane things. Um, and, you know, you can see, like, most people are here every single day. I work a 40-hour week. A lot of these people clock in, quote-unquote, a lot more than I do. And they lose over and over and over again. And there have been situations where people have said they've lost their car. They've lost their home. They lost all their monies that they had. Then they maxed out their credit cards. Uh, they lost their, you know, families. And all these different types of things. And as I began to immerse myself in the casino, you know, at the time coming into the casino, um, what's on my mind is just that obviously I want the big payout. You know, I want to, I want to make this business or, or, or make, make my career and become a success in that so I can have money so that I can have my family. I can have love. I can have all these different things. I wanted to make the billion dollars. I wanted to make it as a rapper. I wanted to do all these different things so that I can have the adoration of my love in, uh, of my girlfriend of my family and of the people, you know, my brothers and people on the streets and strangers and things like that. I wanted to one day feel like the glow of their, you know, of their admiration, you know, to be honest. Um, and so, you know, I'm going after these careers. And so as I'm going after these careers, I'm going after these endeavors, just wishing on a star, um, which I don't think it's like a pipe dream or wishing on a star, but just using that verbiage for lack of a better word. Um, seeing these casino, you know, people in the casino bet every day. Uh, the same way it kind of started to you know that, that that feeling in the gut started to define itself more often you know more and more over time it started to come to me why I felt that feeling and I started to realize this because like wow these people kind of in a way reminded me of myself betting it all chasing it all and losing it all over and over and over and over and over again to this jackpot because I believe many people they believe when they hit the jack hit the jackpot they have the admiration of all the people, fellow gamblers. They have their admiration of their family. They have finally have won in life. They'll finally be at the pinnacle. Funny thing, funny, funny enough is, 
I've known many, 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 many players that have hit the jackpot who've in a single sitting won $100,000, dollars $300,000. I've known people who've gone all the way um, in a single hand where they've bet just a dollar on the light, just a dollar on the jackpot, won $300,000 or more. Um, and the funny thing is a lot of these players, you know, uh, you'll see them there maybe the next week. Some of them maybe even the next day. You know, and they'll be in, you know, pretty much the same state of mind, the same condition. But many of them oftentimes a lot less, I mean, a lot worse. They'll be a lot more burnt out, a lot more irritable, a lot more aggressive, a lot more, you know, distressed, even though they just hit this jackpot. Um, and I remember seeing that and, and thinking that was the most interesting thing in the world and telling, telling myself like, okay, if I hit a jackpot, <laughs> I would definitely go on vacation. I'd be the happiest person in the world. I would never come back. Um, and I remember in the summer of 22, I hit a jackpot. Not at the, at the casino, but in life. You know, uh, essentially the summer of 22, I had everything that I could ever want um, socially. I always dreamed like when I would hit this, you know, this career goal or, or get this money or become the guy like, and everyone would love me and I had their adoration and admiration. It would be all you know, I'll be all peaches and cream. Um, and I remember, you know, for, for because of some of the habits I've implemented in my life and some of the changes that I went through, um, I remember having that actually happen. I hit that jackpot. And funny enough, you know, I ended up in some of the same conditions as the gambler, you know, as these people, not the gambler, these people who pursue this large payoff, who pursue this large jackpot. And get on the other side and you're like hmm well I don't feel like I thought I would you know obviously it feels great it feels completely blissful but take this for example many people you know um, who win the Olympics they say um, experience right after winning the Olympics this high this insane high but then they experience vi visceral depression you know I don't remember what it's called like um let me let me look it up right now actually but they experienced this um it's called post-olympic depression syndrome um it's consisted of dark feelings of depression confusion loss of purpose resentment negative self-worth and emptiness um you know um Yeah. Yeah. The most decorated Olympian of all time, Michael Phelps, has spoken about experiencing severe post-Olympic depression. Uh, they say around a quarter, you know, report um, experiencing very high psycho physio uh, psychological distress after the games. Um, you know, and a lot of this is what uh, you know i've come to discover i was listening to andrew human and the, uh, you know the neuroscientist he also has a podcast um i don't know the name of it off the top but it's something labs or something like that you know describing that you know when you get a large hit of, of chemicals in the brain um oftentimes that large hit it carries you to a place that you've never been but after you hit that pinnacle once you hit that place you've never been 
you don't just go back to your baseline. You don't go just back go back to regular when the event is over. You go below to a place you've never been. You go below your baseline. You experience depths after heights. You experience depths, depth, depths that you've never experienced. You know, um, and so you go to a negative. And so I feel like a lot of what I've experienced in the recent months was that after that high, going back to a negative, you know, and the more I look at it, funny enough, I'm experiencing a lot of the same things that I experienced during that time of the year. But I feel like to my brain, it's regular now. It's mundane now. It's become, in a way, boring. You know, um, and I know you might be on other news listening, like getting the results that you want, you know, the adoration, the admiration you want. How could it be boring? But your brain has a funny way of communicating with, you know, what's happening in front of you. If it's not changing in a way that makes it seem underwhelming. Um, and so when you put that in perspective, I think what I wanted to add to this podcast episode is recently I've been, you know, um, managing my highs a lot more different you know um a a lot of what the seven habits or this this 30-day challenge has taught me is you know to take small wins small steps you know even recently you know as last night i completely went crazy you know um i had like two danishes and like uh three chocolate chip cookies and a piece of cheesecake at work um, I, I just went crazy, you know, sometimes I do, I, I just, you know, I just, I, I wild out, you know, you know, it was the craziest thing in the world. And, you know, I thought of, you know, waking up today, you know, uh, cause you know, that very same day I was eating, um, a quinoa bowl, quinoa, black beans and sweet potatoes. And funny enough, like for the first time in a long time, I'm like, man, I don't really want this bowl. Like the flavor is not really there. It's not really hitting as much as it usually does. And, you know, this experience of having this arc and coming back below a baseline and having to climb my way out kind of reminds me of that experience of eating the quinoa bowl. And I say that to say the quinoa bowl is like a smaller form or, you know, masturbation and porn is a smaller form of the experience that I had. You know, it's just this insane artificial high that when you hit it, you come back to a negative, you come back to a low. And so... We have so many areas in our life where we can hit easy jackpots like food, like masturbation, uh, or even like people, you know, um, and it can play the trick on your mind to where you feel like you're not performing at a level that you're, you know, uh, comfortable with, that you're content with, because the things that you do or you perceive as victories ahead of time, they don't hit the same. And so what I wanted to say in this podcast episode is you know, if you are a person where you feel like you've hit a high in the past and you feel like you have the sauce, you feel like you had the juice, but then you feel like you lost it. I really would 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 tell you to reconsider and reevaluate what actually is unfolding, what's happening in your life and really look at it for what it is. A lot of the times it's just your brain playing tricks on you. You know, uh, your brain hit a high and then it's going to a below it high. And what you have to do in these circumstances is kind of take a step back, observe what the situation is, um, cut out all those moments where, you know, cut out that desire to go for the jackpot and kind of focus back on the base bets and the small wins and the small victories and really have a concentrated and purposeful uh, appreciation for them. You know, and so within my life, you know, 
I think systematizing your, the chemicals in your brain or systematizing your dopamine, systematizing your wins so that these small wins breadcrumb you to, you know, to bigger places. You slowly rise to bigger places, you know, uh, you know, is kind of a better path and a better way. And so you give yourself a pat on your back, you give yourself praise, you give yourself appreciation for the small things. And you realize also that, you know, losing or downs is a part of the game, is a part of the process. You know, I read some quote, you know, under uh, one of Owen's posts recently. He said, you got to realize, even if your brain's not full of serotonin and dopamine, that this is a pretty miraculous experience this is a pretty mo amazing moment it has to be something in you that recognizes even when you're drained that there's a beauty in what's happening right here right now and so to get into some of the habits some of the things that i do is like you know i have a little clicker you know and every time i complete a day you know i reset my clicker because i completely messed up recently but every time i complete a day where i've done everything right i hit my clicker and it may be a small thing but it's carried me you know through, through through the craziest trials you know that that light at the end of the night i don't know it just it, it it's just a small victory that keeps you know it's, it's not a hit that is draining me but it'll spur the wheels just enough to get to the next day and so i take a clicker and i click i click the clicker um i keep track of you know my my diet in an app called lose it okay and so i go and i track my calories in the lose it app and you know, at the end of the day, I can click, okay, I'm done tracking my calories, and it'll give me a streak counter. So to say one day, you have a one-day streak. The next thing that I'll do is I'll weigh myself in. I'll record my weight, and i say, all right, congratulations, you've recorded your best weight. So every day, it, like I, I systemize these little hits of dopamine, these little goal, goal marks that build up and build up and build up to the point where there's just a consistent steady buzz in my head instead of this overwhelming feeling and this rush of, of, of amazingness. You kind of breadcrumb your way to amazingness. And in the same ways, you have to appreciate the wins that you get with people and breadcrumb your way to amazingness. You know, uh, Owen Cook said he had a system that when he went out in public, you know, if he just went, he trained his mind. So when he, if he went up to someone and said hi, he would say, man, that was an amazing experience. Like he would pat himself on the back and celebrate every little thing. Who would have the courage to do that? He would always say. And so no matter what happens, he would, he would rate the experience a 10 out of 10. You know, um, and it trained his brain over time to get small, little tiny, like to get hits of dopamine from just doing the bare minimum. And that essentially gave him a platform that he could now stand on and do beyond the bare minimum. And so you have to accept where you are in the game and then appreciate where you are in the game. You know, uh, progression, I think, like if you think of like weight loss, people think they can lose weight by hating themselves or win wrestling match by hating the fact that they lose. But really, I found that in wrestling and being a wrestler that was, you know, a regional champion, that wrestling came, you know, good wrestling comes from a place of loving the process of wrestling, you know, and winning and celebrating the small wins and celebrating the small days and celebrating, even though you have this big overarching goal looming in the distance, you can only get there from winning and wrestling each match and loving each match. And if you break it down furthermore, loving the scoring of the next point. And so when you celebrate the scoring of the next point, then suddenly you have enough um, more, more, more to keep going. More to go to the next one. More to go to the next one. More to go to the next one. 
And so every time you say hi to somebody, every time you smile at somebody, every time you shake hands with somebody, every time you crack a joke that works, you have to write you have to write these things down. You have to count them. You have to breadcrumb your way to social success. Now, here's the thing. Social success is not an event that happens over time in my opinion. It's not a thing that happens like immediately. I mean, it's not a thing that happens, you know, with time. But my point is you'll hit you know, through following the seven habits in a process, uh, a moment where it just clicks for you and you just awaken and it's just completely easy. If you want to learn the seven habits, www.socialskillsfordummies.com slash seven habits on March 14th, you'll be able to download the seven habits and actually view them. Uh, it'll probably be free. It'll probably be cool stuff. So, um, but I might release it, uh, you know, ahead of time. So listen to the podcast and keep up with it. I'll tell you if I'm releasing it or having like a waiting list or something that you could join ahead of time where you can kind of have them reveal piece by piece uh, or something like that but the point that I'm bringing is this the point that I'm bringing is this um you know there'll be a moment where everything just clicks and you can do anything you want but in that moment tread carefully don't just jump into the water you get to that moment first off by I believe treading carefully you know and suddenly your brain just kind of reconfigures you know, you're not, your brain's not oversaturated with a bunch of chemicals and suddenly you can, you know, uh, you have a new clarity that you didn't have before because you just reset everything. But then when you reset everything, take it slowly. So when you test your, test your abilities one piece at a time and then slowly, but surely, you know, then breadcrumb your way to the life that you want. You know, every process, you know, even processes that are overnight changes happen step by step into slow processes. Um, not slow process, but by step by step, tiny piece processes. Um, when the seven habits go live, I think I'm going to do a 30 day challenge again, but I'm going to do it with a group of people who want to do this, you know, who want to unlock their natural extroversion, uh, not through the process of learning social skills, by the process of depleting everything underneath the surface that's holding them back from it. The source of your anxiety, the source of your depression, the source of these negative emotions, the source of your, your low self-worth, the source of your low self-doubt, the, so- the thing that's blocking your inability to create in conversation, humor, wit, uh, create in terms of fashion, create in terms of, you know, um, in terms of energy and your ability to perform. Like, if you want to get rid of all this stuff, I'm going to do another 30-day challenge. Um, it's actually going to be called the 29-day natural. And that's going to be available for people who download, you know, the seven habits, the free seven habits um, on March 14th or maybe ahead of time. So look out for that. I'm not exactly sure I'm going to execute these things. But www.socialskillsfordummies.com slash seven habits. The number seven, seven habits. So when that day comes around, download the seven habits. It'll probably be in video format. We might leak it over the course of a week. And I'll teach you the seven habits to get there. And then we're going to actually go and implement the seven habits step by step together. I'm going to call you in the morning, get you up and say, okay, let's, this is the habit we have to do. This is how you do it. You have any questions? Like 29 day natural. It's going to be insane. But with that being said, I really don't have anything else to say. Breadcrumb your way to social success. Don't just blast your brain and then go up and then go down. So with that being said, you know, uh, if you're feeling like there's been a drought on your skill, uh, just start small again. Start rolling the ball small again. Start again from day one. And then work your way back up. Okay, it'll become a, a lot quicker than you think. But it only comes slow because you're trying to rush it. You're trying to take shortcuts. You know, um, and you're burning yourself out. 
You're setting yourself further down the path. You're becoming more needy. You're becoming more desperate. You're becoming more from you're coming more from a place of lack. But with that being said, man, I've been in this car for two hours thinking of this episode. I appreciate you so much for listening. www.socialskillsfordummies.com slash seven habits. If you want to learn more about this, the clip at the end of this podcast, after the beep, it explains it. So I appreciate you so much for listening. It's Dallas Social Podcast. I'll see you in the next episode.